The scripture reading today is from Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in wealth. This Advent we've been exploring along uh, with the Sunday school class the themes that are played out in a book called The Advent Conspiracy. It's actually kind of a, a big program that a church undertook to try and kind of reclaim the heart of what Christmas and preparation, more importantly, what Advent, the preparation for Christmas, can really be about. And last week we talked about what it means to worship fully and that as we engage with the birth narrative, as we anticipate the coming of Christ, as we place ourselves within that story, it is an invitation in our to respond by worshiping. Uh, many, many stores respond to Christmas with a sale on Black Friday. Uh, many radio stations respond to Christmas by playing certain kinds of music, some Christmas carols, uh, every third song. And it seems like they only have like three that they keep playing over and over again. Uh, other places respond. We, as followers of Christ, we respond through worship. Amen? We are invited to worship fully. This week, we're really kind of, we're touching on some some rather practical, unlike, you know, normally we talk about very spiritual things, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, thinking theologically about the world and, and how we engage in, in prayerful things and all of this. And today we're talking about something very concrete, spending less money, which is very, and, and you're probably thinking, oh, now Curtis is all meddling in my business, Right. Pastor Curtis is getting right up in my wallet now, and I don't know that that's really a comfortable place for pastor to be nosing around in. But I got to tell you, if we don't talk about, Jesus talked about money almost as much as Jesus talked about love, amen? And, and it, it, because there is a direct correlation, there is a connection between how we spend our money and the kingdom of God and our faith. We heard it today in the text that uh, Megan read for us. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the author of Matthew is encouraging us to put our treasure in heaven. In other words, to focus our giving in a way that glorifies God. Focus our spending, rather. Last year, we undertook a, a program which we called Faithful Consumerism. 
And it was a time when we were encouraging one another to, to think through the way we spend our money, particularly around Christmas time. And I want to re-engage that idea. And there were three guidelines that we kind of threw out there to encourage, that, that would encourage people to use as framework when we talk about uh, our, our, our spending our money over the Christmas season. One is buy local, sustainable, and ethical. That is, you know, support local businesses. You know, and there's a lot of reasons to do that, but the, one of the main reasons is it doesn't contribute to the, the huge glut of money that goes into the hands of 1% of the world in these giant behemoth worldwide corporations. Uh, if we buy local, it stays within our community and it supports small businesses who have families who are living and working and and thriving in our own community and it supports those things and it and it um you know uh, more money stays in the community when we buy locally the other thing is to buy sustainably don't you know think about where our products come from how they're made uh, and what is the cost to the environment and to the community and to the world at large? What does it cost really in the, in the real sense of cost to the world we live in? Uh, so think about that. It's, and sometimes that's information. They really hide that information well. Sometimes it's hard to, to really do that. The other thing is ethically. Uh, our are children in China sewing together the product I'm buying, and are they being? Is, is it built by slave labor? Are people being exploited and killed and enslaved to bring this product to me cheaply? If that's the case, uh, we shouldn't be. Quite frankly, we shouldn't be spending our money on that. Uh, supporting unethical business practices, both on a large scale where they're enslaving people in some third world country and on a small scale where perhaps they just have bad, they don't take care of their people, they have bad policies, they have bad business practices and they don't give people a livable wage. There's a lot, and so once again, uh, by local, sustainable and ethical. I encourage us. And, and it's, you know, it's kind of a lot to, to take off. I would say if you just, if you just worked on on a little bit of that it doesn't have to be everything i know you can't sometimes it's hard to get everything following those three criteria but if you say you know how at least half of my stuff i'm going to try and follow those three criteria it'll go a long way and here's the other thing is that that there's not a one of us here who doesn't think that christmas has gotten out of control that it's gotten crazy that it's it's really out of hand and the best way to rein some of that in is to really think deliberately about how we spend our money. To spend less. Uh, particularly if you don't have the money in the first place. Going into debt to honor and celebrate the birth of Christ really seems like an, they're, they're going in completely different directions. Honoring Jesus and going into debt the heavy debt that that becomes a burden and a millstone around your neck jesus is the the bringer of freedom not of shackles and debt can be a shackle i know i've felt that way i've felt the shackles of debt 
many times in my life. And I, uh, I can, I'm almost certain that is not what Jesus has in mind. And I think the real key for us as we think about how we engage celebrating Jesus' birth and the tradition we have of gift buying and gift giving is to really think with intention, to be intentional about how we go about doing it. Like I was talking with the children, thinking about why we are buying someone a gift and, and, and not just because, you know, sometimes it's very easy to go through and just like, like uh, Hickory Farms. Everyone's getting a Hickory Farms thing and just click them off and we're done. And everyone gets one of those summer sausages, which, which I enjoy. <laughs> but, it, uh, you know, uh, it's not very personal, is it? I mean, I, how much thought has been given into that? Not that I don't, I, maybe someone knows I love those, and that's fine. But I think the idea of being intentional can really help guide some of our spending. And, and to, to really recognize that the gift of the, the opportunity to give comes out of an, it's an expression of a relationship right it implies when i give you a gift it implies that we have a relationship and to really think about what that relationship is and what is it that makes that relationship important i mean gift giving can be a lot of fun i was with katie a couple of days ago and she was shopping for other people and she was downright giddy about it Right? She, was down, she was all giggly about uh, and, uh, buying gifts for other people and how much fun it was. It can be, it can be a lot of fun. And the, I, had, I grew up with this tradition of, of my parents would hide all the presents and then put them out while I was asleep. And they wouldn't wrap them, right? They'd just be there. And it would be this... this uh, shock and awe kind of thing i'd wake up and you'd walk out and there would be this incredible uh bonanza of toys and whatnot and that and i know my parents just love that <gasps> holy cow look at all this stuff <laughs> didn't even know where to look first and i you know what i i love giving that thing to my my kids as well but you know what? The honest truth is, after the shock and awe, there's maybe like two things that they ever actually play with. In fact, I can guarantee you, if I went and opened my son's drawer, there would be presents from Christmases gone by that have never even been opened. Like the wrapping is off of them, but they've never, the, the, the outer shell, I mean, you know, if they were collector's item, they'd be still worth good money. The outer shell's never even been breached. Is that really what we're going for? Just, you know, just the, just the aha moment. And so I think it's hard to kind of re-ground, retrace our, our roots back to some tradition that has actual meaning and yet isn't just a facade. Right? If, they, if they're never actually playing with any of this stuff, then you shouldn't be buying it probably, right? And it's kind of the same with gift giving. If it's something that no one's ever going to really, if it doesn't mean anything, then it really doesn't mean anything. (laughs) 
And uh, it's difficult to let go of the pressure to buy stuff for everyone else. You know, another, uh, even, even if, you, you know, the thing I have trouble with is I'm scared to death someone's going to give me a present and I'm not going to have anything for them. Or that I'll forget somebody, right? And spending less gives us the opportunity to say, to, to receive gifts as they come, but to really be deliberate about here's, who, uh, here's my budget, here's who I can buy for, and, and here's how I'm going to deal with everyone else. <laughs> right? Make a plan, you know, either, either a, a thank you or a note or something that says, I appreciate the gift you've given me. The other thing is that one of the best ways we can spend less sometimes is to spend more. Or, or let me put it this way. The way it says it in the book, which I really liked, is spend less except when you should spend more. And what that means is that there's, there are ways we spend our money that can be helpful. For example, uh, you know, just buying someone a, a, a makeup bag because you want to get them a gift, or, or even more likely, like my mother used to do, pull it down out of the closet, that free Clinique bag that you got, and give it, wrap it up and give it to someone. <laughs> that really has no meaning. But... If you're at the fair trade store and there, my, my uh, ex-wife's flower shop, she used to get these bags that were made by women in Africa who had microloans who were becoming self-independent. After they had left a life of prostitution, they were becoming independent and self-sustaining by making these little makeup bags and uh, selling them. And there was a there was a middleman who was a nonprofit organization that would bring them to the states, and she would sell them. Well, now if you bought twenty of those, because it saves lives in uh, it saves prostitutes in Africa, and you hand it, you gave those away for presents. That's a whole different game, right? That's a whole different thing. That has intention. That is spending more when you should spend more in order to contribute some good to the world. That has meaning. That has depth. That celebrates the birth of Christ. Amen? Because quite frankly, there's no way we can honor Jesus through giving in ways that are not meaningful or helpful or sustaining. In fact, John the Baptist, in the text in John, People came to John who was baptizing and and he was saying, one who is better than me, one who is more important than me is coming after me. He was the one shouting, prepare the way, which we sang today. Prepare the way of the Lord. And then someone asked him, well, what should we be doing when we prepare the way? And what John said was, if you have two cloaks, give one away. Now, that's a hard thing for me to hear because Pastor Curtis has a lot of cloaks, right? <laughs> and so, you know, because some, I have a long, you know, a rain cloak and a warm cloak and a ski cloak and a leather cloak that looks good and all, you know, black and brown, right? Who's, who's with me on this? Who has a lot of cloaks? Yeah, I got a lot of cloaks. That's a hard, that's a hard lesson for me to hear John say, look, if you have two cloaks, how you prepare for Jesus to come is if you have two cloaks, give one of those cloaks to the poor. Take care of the poor. And don't hoard your stuff. 
Because all of that is meaningless in, the, in light of the birth of Christ. That's really where we get to. In addition to cloaks, Pastor Curtis has a lot of suits. I'm kind of a, I don't know if you know this about me, I'm a bit of a clothes horse. And uh, I, like, I like nice clothes. But I was struck by this when I read this in the book. And someone else pointed it out to me too. <laughs> I was struck by this. And I thought, what can I, you know, this is, this is difficult for me to honor this text. So here's my pledge. Here's, how I'm, here's one of the ways I'm kind of trying to realign myself. In 2015, I will not buy new dress clothes. Church, shoes, suits. I won't buy new. Now, here's the caveat. Is if, I need, if, something, if one of my suits falls apart or something like that and I need one, I'll go to a thrift store and I'll buy a used one. Is that okay? So that's my commitment. And we'll see. We'll check in in a year from now and see how that went. <laughs> but just one of the ways in my mind, I'm giving away my uh, cloak, right? I want to I wanna do that kind of thing. I want... There's other things that people have done. A tradition of one less present and, and figuring out how can we give to something that contributes to the world. You know, reclaiming those, those new traditions that really does put Jesus at the center. Because we cannot honestly celebrate the birth of christ we cannot honestly engage the person jesus we cannot honestly be the disciples of the prince of peace if we cannot think through and be deliberate about how we spend our money and how much money we spend and so our invitation this year Uh, and every year, quite frankly, and all the time, quite frankly, is to be deliberate in how we are choosing to spend our money, especially in a time when we are anticipating the birth of Christ. Let us pray. Loving God, we are invited to remember Your message to the poor, to the disenfranchised, to the left out. Remember Your message of burying our treasure in heaven, not here on earth. Remember our message, Your message, of not worrying, but to be like the lilies and allow God to clothe us in glory. May we embrace the transformational message that is epitomized in your coming, in your birth, Christmas. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.